Hey, 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 hey. Check, 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 check. Ep three. We're getting up there, Billy. We are. We're getting up there. Episode three. Let me know when we're recording, huh? Yeah, we are. Oh, look at this. He presses the button. <laughs> Doesn't even tell me. All right. Garage Party Podcast, episode three. Is your phone silenced? Uh, so, something that can be discussed off the air. Muted here? There you go. Very nicely done. Yeah. No. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. All right. Episode three, Garage Party Podcast. Here we are. Streaming to you live on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. And we got a special guest for our YouTube viewers today. And it's not on camera right now, but... And from this forward. point moving forward, what's that? You talking about our other intern? No. Oh. Who's the guest? I didn't say a guest. You said a special guest. No. I said a special announcement. Oh, you didn't say enough. For our YouTube... I'll play it back later, but... Definitely play it back. <laughs> Definitely didn't say special guest. <laughs> Definitely not say special guest. A special announcement. We have a studio. Yeah. Some would say it's a second bedroom slash office that we turned into a studio, but... It's a studio nonetheless. This is... Uh, you did a great job with this second bedroom here. You turned this into a studio almost, what, in a couple hours you were able to put this together? Uh, it was a mad dash. It was like a half hour, 40 Half minutes. hour, 40 minutes. Not bad. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we have a, a studio now where you can actually, it, I don't understand why you would want to, but if you want to see us, you can, and you can do it on YouTube. YouTube.com, Garage Party Podcast, subscribe. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Garage Party Podcast. Now, uh, already up on our YouTube, we have our first two episodes. Eventually, this one will be posted along with the... the uh, actual video of us recording it here in the studio as well as our first vlog which vlog went up, up this past week we'll hopefully be doing more more of those for you yeah that's the hope the hope is that we would be able to do some more vlogs it's just kind of a way for us to kind of document what goes into the garage party podcast throughout the week that's uh, a whole lot it's a lot there's a, there's a lot that goes into <laughs> this thing let me tell you you know now that we could show the people look at these notes huh that is flawless. Now, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, you already know what we're going to talk about on the show because it's all right here if you can read that. See? The YouTube viewers are already getting perks that, exclusive. The, that the Spotify it's, it's people exclusive. aren't getting. Already. It's already paying dividends for these people who subscribe to us on YouTube. So make sure you don't miss out. And they Go see Rich paying in on their, on their bets. Little little Buffalo Trace action. Buffalo Trace. Whiskey, the official, <laughs> the, the official whiskey of the Garage Party Podcast. Mm, this one, uh, it, it burns. It burns. Yeah, we'll be real. It's not Buffalo Trace. It's not Buffalo Trace. <laughs> because of me, I forgot the Buffalo Trace. This is we won't we won't uh, disclose what brand this is. It's good. It's good, but it's needed, no Buffalo. Needed trace. the lime juice for sure, though. It definitely a little burn. I almost hacked up along in your kitchen there the first time I took a sip. I was, I was expecting a little bit smoother and uh, whew, really, it'll, it'll do the job. really creeped up on me there. Yeah, it'll do the job, though. So, big day here, uh, Garage Party Podcast, Episode 3, the debut of you being able to see us uh, in Billy's second bedroom studio that we've thrown together here. Hopefully, we can... Uh, you know, get into some uncharted territory with the, you know one of these companies that offers us $200 million and decides, you know, these guys are worth it. Let's give them a ton of money and upgrade their studio. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice. That would I'd... be very nice. 
<laughs> Obviously, that'd be nice. The sur- this, yeah, for multiple, multiple reasons. But episode three, we have a full docket here, as you can see, as I showed our audience here on YouTube. And the first thing, I couldn't think of a better way to start this show. Now, we're obviously we're very Queens based here. We've we've done uh, everything we can to promote where we're from. We're from Bayside here in Bayside, Queens. Absolutely dreadful day. Yeah, Porn. disgusting. Absolutely dreadful day. Humid, humid, downpouring, hot. hot, sticky, terrible. But I tell you where it's not a, a miserable day, and that's in Fort Worth, Texas, where the Charles Schwab Challenge is taking place. The first golf tournament. Since the COVID nineteen outbreak, it's back. Besides the whole Peyton, Peyton and Tom. Thing. Yeah, I don't count that. You know what that is? That? That's a gimmick. Gimmick. I like. This it. is. Golf. I enjoyed the gimmick. Yeah, it was nice, but it's not. It's not like the PGA Tour. You're not watching John Rom. You're not watching Brooks Kepka. You're not no. watching Bryson DeChambeau. You watch a Peyton Manning. Well, Tiger. Yeah. Phil. Yeah, it was fun. Gimmick. All right. Gimmick. You want the real thing. I want the real thing. And it's back. The real thing is back. The first PGA Tour event, Charles Schwab Challenge. The Englishman, Justin Rose, out to a rip-roaring start. start. Seven under par. Just feels good to have it back. I was watching it this morning. I was so as excited. Of, as of Thursday. As of Thursday, right. It came back. So uh, when you're listening to us, it's day two with the Charles Schwab Challenge. Um, feels good to have it back. I actually was so excited to get up and, uh, and watch some golf this morning. I set my alarm for 8.15, something I haven't done probably the entire quarantine. Um... Set my alarm for 8.15, woke up, threw on the PGA Tour Live, watched some of the featured groups, loved every second of it. It's just great to have it back. It's something to watch. Yeah, I haven't tuned in yet, but I'll probably watch it on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, those are the two uh, the two best days. I, I got to tell you, the big difference that everybody's talking about now, no fans in the stands for the golf. I didn't notice. And I think maybe just because that's Thursday and Friday, you know, you... The fans aren't really as into it on those first two days of the tournament. It's not, you know. Uh, no, they definitely aren't. It, it makes a difference, even in, in a sport like golf. Like when you hear people yelling and cheering right as the balls hit, mm-hmm. that adds a lot, I feel like. It adds a lot to it, but it's not like a sport like football where, you know, on third down, the fans are going absolutely nuts and it's actually affecting the other team. It's not like that. Like golf See, could I think absolutely proceed the way that it is without fans. Without you're right, that I think it, is, it affects the sport less in golf but the viewing experience i think the fans fans are more important than in football like when i'm sitting at home watching i don't give a shit what the crowd is thinking in football but if i'm watching golf i'm like oh wow i like that the the crowd gets into this guy they're behind this guy they're following so and so okay i see your point there i mean but there's no arguing that football is the i would say the sport that's most affected by fans wouldn't you say uh, maybe basketball. Uh, you know, you yeah. Got, you got the free throw line. You got the yeah. crowd behind you. Okay, that's right. Well, up in there. front of you, rather. Yeah, I mean, my thought process was huddle. Fans are going nuts. Playoff game, Lambeau Field, absolutely screaming. Well, they're 90, also, you know, fans. like with football. They're so much further from the actual crowd. You know, I feel like basketball. You're really, you're so close, and sometimes you even actually, you know, you go baseline, yeah. go too hard to the baseline. You're all you of a sudden you're in the third fans. row. Yeah. All right, that's a good point. I would, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that basketball is the sport most affected by fans, but I can see your point. Golf, I gotta be honest with you, I don't see it at all. The golf could proceed without fans, and I wouldn't miss a beat. 
Maybe that's going to change. Now, granted, it, I don't whoa, think it whoa. affects the sport, but I, I I do think it affects the viewing experience. Maybe not for you, but well, I think the time you're going to feel it the most is probably going to be on Saturday and Sunday when a guy's going for the you know his the yeah, championship Sunday, putt, you know, and there's not a single a single chirp going on from the from the grandstands. That's what I think I'm going to feel it the most. But the first two days, I haven't missed it at all. Yeah. What, I got to hear some drunk fool in yelling the front Baba row Bowie? Get, yelling Baba Booey or get in the hole? <laughs> I like I like that stuff. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it's fun, but how many times can you hear that guy yell get in the hole? Uh, how many holes are there? 18 holes. How many golfers are there? A couple hundred? Yeah, I can hear it a lot. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Teach his own, I guess. But it just feels good to have golf back. Uh, you know, just any type of live sports back, it feels good. You're able to watch something now. We got four days of this, and then next week another tournament. Um, just feels good to have something back to watch. Uh, I'm in a pool myself. Um, I took Bryson DeChambeau this week, and I couldn't have been more pleased with his start. He's five under par through the first day. He's tied so now when you say pool, place. they just have to not get cut, right? Yeah, so basically the pool that I'm in, all they have to do is not miss the cut. They don't have to win. They don't got to finish in the top 10. Just make the cut. That's it. Now, when this pool started, it started way back when the season began. And then, obviously, we took a three-month break because of the pandemic. And yada, yada, yada. I'm one of 18 people left in the pool, which started out with, like, 101 people. Okay. So... We're coming down to the wire here. So not only is golf back, but, you know, if you're, like, for me, for this situation, golf is back, and we're, we're rip-roaring. We got 18 people left. This is a huge week. I need the win. Half the field can get knocked out today. Absolutely. Or tonight, rather. Yeah, for sure. So Bryson DeChambeau, as of now, and, again, we're recording this podcast on Thursday. So yesterday. Yesterday, <laughs> right. So uh, as of now, Bryson DeChambeau, it's looking good. Does I'm, I don't want to jinx anything. Does it say where the estimated cut is going to fall? Not yet, because a lot of the guys are still playing. Okay. They, well, by the time that the people what? are actually listening to this podcast, they'll have a much better. Well, everyone's had to have teed off by now, no? Almost? Almost everyone, I think, has teed off by now, but what I don't think there's enough to, 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock to there? determine a cut. I think the last tee off is probably like 3.30. It's in Texas, so I think it's a couple hours it's back. It's probably 3.30 now. Yeah. yeah. But, on uh, Thursday. On Again. Thursday, correct. Uh, so if you're when you're listening to this podcast, you're going to know whether or not I'm completely screwed in my pool because I took Bryson DeChambeau as of now. It's good, but again, tomorrow is a whole different day. He can absolutely shit the bed and cost me an opportunity at well, a very nice amount of money. With a thing like that, I feel like Thursday and Friday are the only really huge days. Uh, Thursday and Friday for this pool in particular is everything. Because they don't cut that many people on Saturday. No. No, everything is fr- uh, Thursday and Friday. You just have to make the first cut, not the second one. Oh, you don't have to make no, no, all no. just the first cuts? cut. Okay, just the first cut. That's it. You'd be surprised how many people get eliminated on a weekly basis. No, it's yeah, unbelievable. I, I imagine. You know, you take some of these guys. You, you want to? There's a lot of skill involved. Uh, skill. It's a loose term. The, you research. Research done. Yeah, that's a better. It's a better way to phrase it. You don't want to use some of the big guns. You don't want to jump out and take Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose in the first couple of weeks because. You know, you might advance, but then when you get to the because those are the guys that are not going to get cut. At, right, you know, most likely most. they're not going to get cut. Yeah. But you can only use them once. So if you get down to the wire, you're going to be stuck with some golfers that who the hell knows. 
You have so many guys to choose from, though. So many guys to choose from, but you really want to try to save those real core guys for the end. Yeah, for sure. Which, for me at least, to this point, I've done. I haven't really used any one of those big names. Bryson DeChambeau is probably the biggest name I've used so far. Maybe Webb Simpson and Sung Jm. Well, you used Bubba, right? Bubba Watson. Yeah, and he screwed me. He actually lost. I had to buy back in an extra two hundred bucks. <laughs> he lost the week that I picked him. Got a li- got cut, gone, just like that. Well, ever so. since his his uh, you know three was it three green jackets. Uh, two. It's two. I think it's two. Eh. It's it's, it's worth a, a it's a Googleable thing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty basic. But what were you gonna say? Whether or not it's uh, two or three? I feel like he hasn't been a prominent name. You know, he's not coming top ten, top five. No, he hasn't. Never really. Yeah, you're right. He kind of peaked. Uh, I mean, it's a, definitely a good peak. Two whether, time. Whether it's two or yeah, so two. two yeah, he just won the Masters twice. He hasn't won any of the other three majors, ever. Came in second in the PGA uh, Championship in 2010. That's as close as he's come. But two wins in the Masters. Really, like you said, ever since then, he hasn't been the same. So, take that for what it is. I used to love Bubba Watson. He was my guy. I still like him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Good dude. Not great the week I picked him. <laughs> so, me and him have beef. Uh, I don't think he cares about your beef. Nah. I tell you what, somebody else who probably doesn't care about me is Johnny Chan. Wanted to give you a little update on that, by the way. Yeah. So if you, li- if you listen, you know, if you're only tuning into episode three and you didn't listen to episode, we talk about this episode two. That was last. That was your last, last week. week. All right. Episode so two. In episode two, we discussed uh, Rounders, the film Rounders, and we discussed Johnny Chan's infamous role in that film. Absolutely infamous role. Excellent performance out of Johnny Chan. He's in the movie about five minutes, and he steals every scene he's in. With Matt Damon. Loved it. We got into this. Steals. Steals. Stolen. Should have been nominated for an Oscar. We got into this whole discussion about Johnny Chan and whether or not he would come on the Garage Party podcast and, and kind of discuss with us his role in the film, his career as a World Series of Poker champion. We learned a lot about him just doing research. We learned that they win bracelets when they win the World Series of Poker. Very nice he's, looking ones. He's got Very like nice 10 looking of them. bracelets. Or 12. Ten. Yeah. Yeah, I forget the It's double digits for sure. He's got like 10 bracelets or 12 bracelets. And uh, we learned a lot about the guy. Fascinating he does speak guy. English. I don't know if we mentioned that. Last Billy week? was a little concerned when I when I uh, discussed whether or not we could get him on the show. You were a little worried that his English might not be so good. He, he was speaks, born in China. He speaks rather well, too. Rather well. Been in the country a long time. He has picked up the language quite well. We've yeah. seen some prior interviews that he's done with us. But anyway, the goal for me was to get Johnny Chan on this podcast within the next five weeks. So now, I've been five really waiting to show you this. Okay. Well, don't, the odds. But listen, those are the odds, but I'm only one week down. i got four weeks left. Those, that's the deal. Yeah, but I, I had five weeks I've been to produce still been Johnny Chan. Dying to show you the odds I gave. You this. want to show them to me now, or do you want to wait a couple more I weeks? Show them to you now. Just well, uh, let me give you an update first. I haven't heard a word from this guy, <laughs> so I, I, t- <laughs> I tweeted at Johnny Chan. I and I, completely honest with you, I don't even know if it's his Twitter. I could, it doesn't look I like he runs it. It doesn't look like he runs it. It says official Johnny Chan, but it doesn't have the blue check mark. There's a good chance that he has some promotional person or some marketing person or publicist or whoever runs that stuff for those guys. I don't know. Running his Twitter. One of those automated websites in India. It could be. Well, it could be anything. Anything. I don't know if it's him, but I sent out a tweet. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the tweet. I don't want to see this yet. Get, I'll get it out of here. I'll, you can show it to me. Don't you worry. I want to show you my tweet, all right, and all I right. want you to tell me if I. Sound, I'll put it up on the screen too. Can you tell me if I sounded professional enough when I sent this? I mean, I read it, and 
Yeah, you were as professional as can be, but... I'm not a big social media guy. How do I see the tweet that I sent to Johnny Chan? It's not there. Oh, here it is. Okay. I want you to tell me if this sounds professional enough. And if you were Johnny Chan, <laughs> would you... I'll put it up on the screen on you YouTube, res- too. Okay, good. Make sure the YouTube people can read this. And I want to get your opinion, too, the people who are listening to this. Be sure to email us at uh, garagepartypodcast at gmail.com. Let me know if I went wrong somewhere. Hey, Mr. Chan. Good? Good start? Great start. Good start, right? About, about as good as starting. Hey, Mr. Yet. Chan. My name is Rich Warnock, and I host a podcast called Garage Party. All true, all fact-based, very friendly, very nice. A nice demeanor I thought I had. Continuing. On our last episode, your role in the film Rounders was discussed, and we would love to have you as a guest on the show to discuss your career in poker and role in the film. Now, that took up almost all of the 140 characters that I was allotted from Twitter. That basically took up the whole thing. Now, I'm reading this trying to take myself out of this. I think it sounds great. I would have responded to me if I was Johnny Chan. I sound very nice. I have a very nice picture of me and my girlfriend Casey up as my Twitter profile. I don't look very official in terms of of podcasters because I don't have any followers. I really, I never use Twitter. But I would have responded just because of how nice I was and what I said. Do you it, have a different opinion? I mean, you can read I don't it again. Tell runs, me, tell me I where don't I think went he wrong. He runs the fucking account, Rich. You got to find a different way. If you're going to make this happen, you got to figure out a different way. Well, looking at this page, and again, I don't know if it's his page. No blue, no check, blue mark, check But it says his Twitter handle is four thousand followers. Is that what that says? Eight thousand. Eight thousand followers. Eight thousand five hundred fifty-six. But what a would a World Series of Poker champion have more than that? I, I'm not. I don't know. I'm What's, not in the scene. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, here's can the, look at a few other. Here's ones. the Twitter. Make sure you put this on the YouTube too. It's at it's Johnny Chan, the official, official, all in caps, all in caps, official, the official Twitter of Johnny Chan, two-time back-to-back World Series of Poker main event world champion and winner of ten World Series of Poker bracelets. And he joined Twitter in July of 2010. Now, this account... 30 years after he was relevant. That's correct. Now, this account is being followed by ESPN 30 for 30. Okay. So, I have to imagine that this is his actual Twitter. So, now... But I again, I don't know if, if they tweeted it. at him. I don't know if he'd answer. Probably not. Now, the last time he tweeted was March 4th. Not terrible. Not terrible. Also, he doesn't reply to anybody. He That's does not reply to anybody. Should I have left my... Maybe DM him. No, he retweeted some stuff. Guys, if you have any advice to contacting irrelevant celebrities... Well, don't call him irrelevant, because now he's really not going to come on the the podcast. He's not going to listen to it. He's not going to answer you. (sighs) So, because I have this at 900 to 1. 900 to 1. Oof. Did you think it was going to be higher? I gotta be honest with you. I thought you wrote down like some kind of a funny limerick or something. I didn't even think you put odds on it. Oh because yeah, I put ju- odds on it. You just thought that it was so out- outlandish. I got it at nine hundred to one that he gets Johnny Chan in the next five episodes. So he's five. got four more episodes. I have four more episodes to play. Because obviously with. he's not sitting here next to me on my couch. I got. Well, I can't do that. I can't have Johnny Chan come to base. So we can. Oh, you're maybe, not gonna fly him out. Maybe get him on the phone. <laughs> now hold on. This story is not finished yet. Because after I sent this tweet, 
uh, probably the day after we recorded our last episode. Now the story's not not done quite there. So that's where we're at on the Twitter side. I then took to Google and tried to make Google my friend and my aide in finding and tracking down Johnny Chan, or at least a representative for Johnny Chan, somebody who could put me in contact. I know the episode with this, Johnny Chan. This episode, I know the title rather of this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I got it. Care to disclose it, or are you going to make it a surprise for the people? Um, I think, uh, I want your input, actually. Let's hear it. Hashtag find Johnny. That's not bad. It's pretty good, right? That is pretty good, yeah. Episode three, hashtag find we're get, Johnny. We're pretty good with these show titles. Yeah. Yeah. Billy's War A lot games, of pressure. Hashtag find Johnny. Yeah. You know what it is? The show just kind of dictates the direction we go in. Yep. That's all. So anyway, I took to Google, and I tried to make Google my aid in tracking down Johnny or tracking down somebody who represents Johnny. And what I found might interest you, okay? Because it certainly, might. yes, because it certainly interested me. Now, I'm going to try to pull up the exact page um, that I went to. Now, here it is. This, is, this website is called athletespeakers.com. Now, what I'm getting from this, okay, don't look, because I want this uh, to be completely raw when I give you the details of this website. Now, this website if it's legit which i'm not 100 percent sure it is because there's a lot going on here there's different tickers and there's different flashing lights and stuff at me it's anyway, an 800 number I'm an already eight, out. 800 number automatically not I'm a great out. sign but i was desperate i'm trying to get johnny chan on the program and i've only got four weeks to do it now so i googled this i just basically what i did was i googled johnny chan representative and i it brought me to this website called athletespeakers.com now what this does according to them is they are act as a middleman for you to get in contact with an athlete to do whatever you want them to do. So what it has listed Don't here. Don't phrase it like that. Yeah, that's not great. No. Basically, <laughs> to do these four things. Corporate appearances, speaking okay. engagements, meet and greets, and endorsements. Nothing else. Nothing else. Those are the four things. Just those. That, no, People. no, no. Wait. Those are the four things that Johnny Chan is listed as being willing to do okay now here's the best part about this it says that he he will travel for your engagement so if you want to he lives in vegas Vegas. so that's what it says so if you want to book johnny chan for a corporate appearance or are we this is a speaking engagement is that what i'm is that right no this is not a speaking engagement this this is an interview so speaking engagement would be like him right so i don't even think any of these things in front of a crowd of people or something like that. right so I don't even think any of these things really apply to us. None of these things. But again, desperate times, desperate measures. Huh? Didn't say interview? No. Corporate appearances, speaking engagements, meet and greets, and endorsements. All right. Now, he has a fee for all four of those things. A fee. So if you want Johnny Chan at your next corporate appearance, how much do you think it's going to cost to do that? Now, I don't, again... He's a World Series of Poker champion. So he comes to your corporate appearance. What's he doing there? Card tricks? What's he doing? You, you have Johnny Chan at your event. What's he doing there? Talking about what? his story. <laughs> Being a, what is he doing? I don't know. Flashing his jewelry. His bracelet? Maybe he's got a lot to say. I don't know. Maybe he teaches people how to play poker. Maybe I, ho- he, I hope he does have a lot to say because uh, we're trying to get him on the, on the podcast. Maybe he talks at like Gambling Anonymous. That's not listed. <laughs> That's a speaking engagement. <laughs> I guess. You think Johnny Chan should be a good guest for Gamblers Anonymous? The no. man's been playing poker for the last no. 30 years. No. Anyway. You want more like Tim Tebow or something. Right. So what do you think the fee is 
to get Johnny Chan to speak at your engagement or to host a meet and greet or to do an endorsement. Throw a number at Just me, ballpark it. Just the fact you're bringing it up, it has to be super outlandish. So I'm going to say like 20 grand. Right on the nose. Between 20 and 30 grand yeah. for Johnny Chan. Yeah, I, had it. I figured it had to be around there. Now, that's according to this website. Now, I'm going to use that's this website. Completely outlandish because it's like I've, I've worked events with like, you know, Anthony Davis, who's like an MVP caliber NBA player. And what's and he getting? Around 20 grand. Oh, really? For an hour of just taking photos. Boy, these guys really got it made, huh? But 20 Johnny grand? Chan, Anthony Davis, jo- Johnny Chan. Anthony Davis. Well, I would imagine, I, again, me and you don't know, we're not connected to the poker world. I would imagine Johnny Chan is probably like, what, the LeBron of the poker world? Yes. This goes back poker, to our old Post Malone argument. Well, you remember no, that one? Yeah, but... We can catch the folks up on that at another time. But twenty between 20 and 30 grand to book Johnny Chan at your next event. Now, I'm going to use this website because, again... Desperate times, desperate measures. I'm going to send them an email. I'm going to reach out. But the problem is... Send them your routing number with $20,000. Everything. <laughs> Anything to get Johnny Chan. I will. I don't have a house to sell, but if I had one, I would sell it to get Johnny Chan on the podcast just so that we can get some credibility. I feel like if we get Johnny Chan on this thing, instant credibility, right? What do you think? Maybe. Let's say he gets on here and says something outlandish. Who's picking that up? ESPN. And what are they going to put at the top right corner like of the screen? Have you ever seen the, uh, the movie The Interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen? I have seen that, yeah. Eminem's gay on our show. Eminem's <laughs> gay on our show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the booking request form for John Chan. Should I just do this while we're on, on the podcast? And this way the folks can walk through it with us? Uh, if you want. I mean, I'm just. I'm already over this guy because I put it at 900 fucking one. Yeah, that's why you're you're betting on the fact that it's not going to happen. So obviously you're over. He would respect that. You want me to give he up? He would respect that. He would respect that. He would respect that if we just left him alone. He doesn't want to come on our show. <laughs> what does he want to talk about? You uh, just compared him to Anthony Davis. Not Matt Davis. Damon. I I did compare him to Matt uh, Anthony Davis. You think so, he knows who Anthony Davis is? I put that at about six seven hundred to one. Here on the booking request form for Johnny Chan, this is a real thing. You have to include. How much you're willing to spend to get him. And let me tell you something. Zero dollars. That is not an option. It, the cheapest option is five grand. Just for five phone grand. Does he have an agent? I don't know. That's what I Googled, and this is where it took me. So I don't know if he has an agent. He has a website. Johnny Chan has his own website? Well, this. Well, he has no, a, he, has a he, has, he has a section on athletespeakers.com. Okay. I don't know. That's not his own website. Yeah. I'm going to fill this out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through with this, but I don't know what to put in the money section. Not five grand. I mean, gotta, what's the worst thing I do? I would tweet him every day until if he I, <laughs> that's, That'll go for a while. Does he have a Facebook page? Does he have a he LinkedIn? Is, he is not very social media savvy. Yeah. He's so. not... He does not put himself out there. He does not like to be on social media from what I'm getting. His, his Twitter, which is the only way we could find him on social media, is not even run by him. I'm, so, I'm going to bet big money that that's not him. Even though him. I have it at 900 to 1, I'm going to help you out. We're going to start a trend on Twitter. Find Johnny. Hashtag find Johnny. Which is also the title of this episode. It is. Hashtag find Johnny. So we're going to get trending. We're going to put it up on screen. We're going to... Hashtag it. But who's gonna? How are people gonna know who the hell Johnny is? 
they're going to listen to this episode. They're going to listen to the last two episodes, which they should have already done because we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, yeah, YouTube. Th- this is never going to work. I just want to make sure it's documented that I feel like a hashtag I, find Johnny. I know that. That's why I put it at 900 to 1. Because this, you, you're going to pay five grand? I will hold out hope and try until the last second of those five weeks runs out. I was told I cannot produce Johnny Chan. I will do everything I can to produce him. Except spend five grand. <laughs> <laughs> that I will not do. Uh, that I cannot do. Not a chance. Yeah. So I'm going to fill out this form, and because five grand is the cheapest that I can go, I'm going to put five grand. <laughs> and when they call me and they ask me what the engagement is and what the deal is, I'm going to say, listen. Can he get paid in Trident layers? Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'm going to tell them straight up on the phone, listen, he is not getting paid for this. We're asking for, what, five minutes of his time? How long could it possibly take us to ask him about filming the scene with Matt Damon, which he may have not even been on set for? There's a good chance they could have filmed that two completely different times, and he wasn't even there. A, A good chance that he was not even on set for that scene. I'm asking for five minutes of his time, and they're going to tell me that it's going to cost me $1,000 a minute? Maybe. Please. <laughs> Athlete speakers can take a hike. I'm going to email these people, and I'm going to go through with this and do with this by the book. Try the but if these people number. try to charge us five grand to get Johnny Chan on this show, I will bash these people on every episode of the Garage the, Party Podcast. Try the 1-800 number. I did that already. Write to voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> I did that the other day. Billy, I've tried everything except for fill out this form. And the only reason I didn't fill out the form is because I'm actually indicating that I'm willing to pay five grand for Johnny Chan, which I am not. <laughs> That's twenty five hundred each to produce Johnny Chan on this show. No chance. I feel like I should have put it at like eight thousand to one. Yeah, yeah seriously, nine hundred to one is not bad. Nine hundred to one, whatever. That's a long shot. Big of long course, shot. it's a long but shot. You, you've pulled bigger long shots. Like we had Dr. James Andrews on Sports Justice. You wouldn't believe how easy that was. I called his office, and he was more than willing. To and he do talked it. to us for like forty five minutes. Forty five minutes went on, went in detail, in depth on Tommy John surgery. Couldn't discuss his clients. I understand that but went in detail on every aspect of Tommy John surgery. was one of the best guests we've ever had. And all it took was a phone call. That's it. And that's what I was hoping what was going to happen with Johnny Chan. But Johnny and me, we're going to have to wrestle for this one. Speaking of wrestling, stay tuned because upcoming we're going to talk about the UFC 250, which we discussed in episode two. I mean, we can get right into that. I'm pretty done with Johnny Chan. Well, I'm going to fill out this form. I'll do that later because, you know, mid-show and off the air. But I'm going to do this, and I'll give you an update on next week's episode to see if this form ever comes back, oh, God. if they ask me for five grand. I, I'm willing to take this thing to the max. I will fight this every day until my five weeks are up. They're ticking. I got four left. They are ticking. Not halfway done, but the heat is on. And not just because it's humid. The heat is on. The AC is actually on. Well, the AC is on because it's hot. So anyway, I'm going to fill out this form. And I'm going to do everything I can to get Johnny Chan on this program. If it's the last thing I do, I'm going to try. And I'm going to put down five grand. And when these people email me and they ask me if I'm willing to pay the five grand, I'm going to respond with... Absolutely not. What I want is Johnny Chan for 10 minutes it on, should a, be five on a cents. phone call. That's all I'm asking for is a phone call. We're in quarantine. He can give us five minutes of his time to discuss his role in Rounders. I don't think I'm being too outlandish. I don't think I'm being too anything. I really don't. You got to get the cast of Charlie Brown to negotiate for you. It should be five cents. 
five cents for Johnny Chan? Yeah. That I would do. I would yeah. do that. Or maybe even if that's Johnny about, Chan... That's about my limit, I think. Even if he wants us to, like, donate to a charity of his choosing... I doubt that. I doubt that, too. I doubt that, too. What, what are you doing? You're, you're pulling know, on you, my string cords, here. like, under my ass, and there it goes. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm trying to make us both more comfortable. You know what? I'm filling out this form. I'll do it off the air. I'll let you guys know in the next episode how this goes. I'm going to put down, because I have to put down a certain amount of money, and five grand is the lowest I can go. I'm going to put down five grand for Johnny Chan, which I think is ridiculous. I'm not willing to pay five grand. You're certainly not willing to pay five grand. That's $2,500 each. I'm not dropping $2,500 to get Johnny Chan on this program for 10 minutes. It's not going to happen. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fill this out, hope they email me, or better yet, give me a call back, and when they ask me, What's the deal? What are you, what are you? I'm going to say, well, we're a very successful podcast. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. I'm going to go over the whole thing. I'm going to make Google sure. Google Play, possibly. Google think, Play maybe. for the Android losers. I'm going to make yeah. sure that these people know that we have a studio. We got a couch. We got a couch. Yeah. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm Billy Madison. You got a dog. You got a responsibility. You got a pet. You don't just sit around like a goon away from the comeback. You get your ass out there and you find Johnny Chan. You find that fucking dog. Yeah. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find Johnny Chan. I'm not going to sit on my ass. I will fill out this form. I'll put down five grand. Hope for the best. When they call me back, I'm going to say, there's not a shot in hell I'm paying Johnny Chan five grand. Not going to happen. But I would love to have him on the show for ten minutes. Ten what minutes. What said the only That's way all I'm asking for. Is we do a remote podcast in Vegas. Nah. <laughs> uh... At his house? Yeah. Johnny Chan's uh, estate? In the desert. You know what? If they twist my arm enough, we'll go to Vegas. How about that? How about that? Yeah, I think I would do that. I would, pre- you know, I would do that over before I paid $2,500. I would probably hem and haw, and you know, I would you know, put up a very serious get struggle. get to Vegas for like 60 bucks right now. Easily. I would go to Vegas and we'll do this the, podcast. We'll go tomorrow. What do we do? We just do this in his house, and then uh, what do we do for the rest we of the bring time? bring this little thing. Hopefully the... Uh, you think Johnny Memory Chan? card isn't full? <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> you don't got an SD card on you, do you? <laughs> uh, if Johnny Chan's representatives asked us to go to Vegas to do this so that Johnny, I guess, could meet us in person to see that we're real people? All pipe dreams, obviously. But, but again, I would probably agree to it. I'd probably agree to go to Vegas, you know? No, here we go. There's, there's worse places to do there's, There are worse places to go than Vegas. I would probably agree to it. You've never been, right? Never. No. One of the places I haven't been. Yeah, I would do it. I've thought about it long and hard. Obviously, you do. I went back and forth in my head. Little angel, little devil on the shoulder. And we've settled on, I would absolutely go to Vegas to interview Johnny Chan. He's worth it. World Series of Poker so Champions. would you go to Vegas Ten bracelets. to not interview Johnny Chan? I don't know. What? Really? You're not going to go to Vegas? What's Vegas without Johnny Chan? <laughs> It's still Vegas. It's still Vegas. It's the house that Chan built. It's the house that Chan built. All right. <laughs> I would probably... All right. You want to go to Vegas? Maybe we can get another guest. Maybe another Vegas icon. What do you think? Wayne Newton? You think he would come on the program? What are the oh, odds on that one? Write that in your book. Fuck you. What are the odds on Wayne Newton coming on the program? You want me to write those odds? Yeah. <laughs> you want me to write those Write them odds? down. Wayne Newton. Garage Party Podcast. I'm going to need another page. I want odds on him coming on the show, and I want odds on him coming on the show and singing. Okay. So two separate, two separate odds? Two separate, two separate odds. Wayne Newton. And I'm showing you Vegas icon. 
And then is this next up like ever? Is this Give ever? me another five weeks. I'm going to put ever. I will. You know what? Apparently, this is going to become a new thing on the Garage Party Podcast where we just come up with outlandish guests that we want to have on the show. And it's my job to try and produce them. Now, here's a question for you. Johnny Chan's asking 20 grand. What do you think Wayne Newton's asking? Baseball sings. Is that right? What? I spell sings. Is that a serious question? Didn't look right. I don't write very often. S I N G S. <laughs> it didn't look right. That's I, a very basic word. I, I wrote it. It didn't look right. You what ever, did it you ever look like that? to you? It looked like it. Uh, I I don't know. Spell. Sound it out. Sound it out. See, like I feel like it's one of those words that doesn't. Like if I had to like set, really sound it out and I didn't actually know how it's spelt. We've gotten completely off the rails here. Sings. S I N G S. Sings. I wish I had a little bell so I could Sings. ding you every time you were wrong, like the spelling bee. Which right now on ESPN is probably going to get top ratings because there's nothing else to watch. My spelling is low quality, but my math on this is correct. Odds on Wayne Newton coming on the Garage Party podcast. Ever. 30,000 to 1. 30,000? 30,000 to 1? To 1. Wow. Him singing on the show? Oh. Sings. The odds <laughs> that he sings on the show? 100,000 to 1. 100,000 to 1. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Now, when you say sings... Sings. He has to... What are we talking? A whole song? A tune? What happens if he hums? Hum doesn't count. I could spell hums. We need a line? Like a <laughs> like one line from one of his songs? I don't, I don't know any songs, so... I know some of his songs. You ever yeah. see the movie Vegas Vacation? He's in that. He's a very big Vegas legend. I gotta be honest with you. Okay. Very big Vegas legend. I don't know what he's doing now. He's, he's not performed, the he's performed in Vegas for like the last 40 years. But, listen, I don't know what he's doing now. I'm gonna look it up after the show. You can bet that's true. Yeah. Along with filling out my five grand form for Johnny Chan. It's the most expensive form I've ever figured, filled out. It's probably even more to get Wayne Newton. You think Wayne's more? Yeah. Well, Wayne's more known. I can guarantee you that. If we go out and on the street and we ask 20 people in Bayside, who do you know, Johnny Chan or Wayne Newton? Most likely they're going to know Wayne Newton. I feel like Johnny Chan's such a like common name. Yeah, that could literally be anything. I don't know. I don't know. This is frustrating because I feel like we're giving up on Johnny Chan and we're pivoting to Wayne Newton. We're just going from one Vegas icon to the next. That's all we're doing. It's a, little, it's a little frustrating. I'm not giving up on Johnny Chan yet. Oh, write this down in your book. The odds on them both on the same show. Maybe they'll come together. I'm not even going to write that. What if we I don't were, have enough ink. What if we were go- I don't have enough ink for the amount of zeros yeah, I have to that, write. That's that true. What if we were to go to Vegas and interview them both? All of a sudden, us going to Vegas is sounding much more appealing. <laughs> I feel like all our interests the wheels are, are in, in Vegas, motion here for the Garage Party Podcast. Including this past weekend, UFC 250. UFC 250. Las Vegas. Took place in the Las Vegas Fight Center. Yeah. Right? That's a segue. Nicely done. You like that, right? Yeah. Lesser men would have failed trying to segue Wayne Newton into UFC. I, however, (laughs) can pull that off. That's a good job. Nicely done by you. A little bit of whiskey. A little bit of creativity. Nicely done. Here's to Wayne and Johnny on the show. To Vegas. Struggling over here, huh? Yeah. Well, I got so heated over Johnny Chan, I couldn't even enjoy my drink. Unbelievable. Should be a little better now. You got a little lime juice, a little, little ice water in there. No, we're doing good. We're doing good. Much smoother now. Anyway, UFC 250. We watched it together. We discussed it the day before about how it was going to be a big day for the Bantamweight class. 
And sure enough, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, we can get it. We're going to get into Amanda Nunez and Felicia Spencer. But the bantam weight class, you really got a good feel for what direction this class is going. Maybe not in the immediate future because we already know what the fight is at UFC 251, and it doesn't include any of the guys who won at 250. But you got a good feel where the future of the bantamweight class is headed. Speaking of future, Rich's opening to the Sugar Show. Sugar Show. The Sugar Show. That's right. Sean O'Malley. Your pick of the night. Which was going good, you know, until Cody Garbrandt steps in and says, hold my beer. With Kind of like you. <laughs> so, Sean O'Malley has a walk-off knockout. Yep. 12-0. and 0. Easily one of the cleanest ones I've ever seen. You know, oh, no. you talk about like Mark Hunt with walk-offs. Sean O'Malley starches him, starches Eddie Wineland. And then Cody Bar- Carbrant comes in the final, a buzzer-beating walk-off at that. A buzzer-beating. Buzzer-beating walk-off. His first victory in four years. Final millisecond of yep. the round. Lost his last three fights previous? Three fights. How is it possible that in the last four years he's only had four fights he's had like a fight a year that's not a lot for a fighter is it uh no. i mean you look at guys like kamaru usman who's fighting at 251 he just fought them, last month a couple of them he got, he got knocked out you know like so he wanted to regroup it's it's more common for them to take a long layoff after getting knocked out you know just for health reasons you know you, you need you need to give your brain time to recuperate yeah and then of course mentally that you know that takes a toll on you after you know two losses straight and then you go and you get knocked out it's yep. you know something you have to regroup he actually moved from the west coast to the east coast he, he was living in sacramento and then he he moved to new jersey so that there was a lot going on for him and then okay now so three fights this is his fourth fight in three years now your pick of the night four, was sean o'malley fourth fight in four years your pick of the night was sean o'malley but you were most impressed by cody garbrandt what was it that impressed you the most about cody's return to the to the win column uh, just the fashion he did it in. For me, know. it's the speed. He, that hook was so fat. You blinked, he's, you missed he's it. He's had that his whole career. Missed you know? it. Yeah, it disappeared on him for the last couple of years. Came well, back. I feel like it was definitely there the last two, but he just wasn't able to you know, land that big shot, that big right that he's famous for. But he cocked back, and in the final millisecond, finishes it. Finished it. Unbelievable. It was a great comeback for, so, for Cody so Garbrandt. for him because he really, really yeah. needed that for his career. And it blows this weight class right up because now that he's a factor, now you're looking at, you know, you got the fight between... Oh, Aljamain, too. Aljamain Sterling, Long, Aljamain. Long Island another Zone. First, another first-round finish. Yeah, Long Island Zone. Actually made, uh, was that Eddie Wineland? Is that who he beat? Uh, no, Sean O'Malley beat Eddie Wineland. Okay. He, uh, uh, Aljamain beat... beat Co- uh, Corey Sanhagen. Corey uh, Sanhagen. And he made him tap pretty quickly. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Immediately comes out, backpacks him, gets on his back, chokes him out. And for me, we're, we're, we're going to get into 251. But, yeah, we got um, some time for that. We got like a month before that. We'll make sure we do a, a full preview of that on one of our episodes. He deserves a towel shot immediately after that win. No one else. It should be him. Well, he's not going to get it right away. We know no, that. We know that already. The fight card for 251 they, uh, has been uh, announced. It's going to be in Abu Dhabi. Another, yeah. Some more breaking news. So as of June 11th, Thursday, June 11th, Poiter uh, Jan versus Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo. That's right. At the Bantamweight for the, the vacant title that Cejudo vacated. Three titles on the line at 251. And we'll get into it 
I'm not going to do it completely now because I want to have some more time to kind of let the dust settle on Abu Dhabi and we can kind of see where it goes in the next couple of weeks. But three title fights right off the bat. I know you have some opinions on who got the, the opportunity to fight for the title that maybe shouldn't have. I know you're saying here Aljamain Sterling should have gotten the shot after his impressive victory at 250. But he didn't get it right away. Which I know they wanted a quick turnaround, but still, I think Aljamain can fight tomorrow. So let's talk about Aljamain Sterling for a second. What do you think he needs to do to get that title shot? Is he guaranteed? Is he going to get it? Is he the first man up after 251 to get a title shot? Or are they going to do a rematch of the 251 title? See, match? after that victory, I thought it was going to be him versus Porter Jan for, for the title. Or maybe uh, throw Marlon Moraes' name in there. And I thought there was going to be some sort of round robin. Well, Marais is the one who beat Cejudo. Or, no, Cejudo beat him, right? Uh, yeah, Cejudo right. beat everybody. So, what more does Aljamain Sterling got to do? Beats me. Beats the hell out of me. Interesting. I don't know. It's, it's and, tough because there's so many great fighters. It's especially Jose now Aldo. That Granted that he's the greatest you know, yeah. featherweight, right. one of the greatest featherweights of all time. But period. you made a good point yesterday when you said he hasn't even won a bantamweight He's never yet. won a bantamweight. And he's getting a title shot. And when he does that weight cut, he does not look good at all. And he's lost twice, hasn't he? Uh, at bantamweight? I think he only has the one fight at bantamweight. Okay. So he's lost his only fight at bantamweight. And somehow... That's gotten him a title shot. But he was the 145 champion for 10 years. Yeah, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty so, wild. obviously, like, one of the goats in the sport. But is he really at that spot to jump in at a weight class where I think he's only ranked ninth? Which, even that, I wouldn't I wouldn't even rank him at bantamweight. Yeah. He's a featherweight. Mm-hmm. So, for him to just jump in and steal what I felt was Aljamain's shot... Um, it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, which is there's, there's a little bit of that going on. That's fair. That's definitely fair. I'd, I'd be curious to uh, to hear what Aljamain Sterling thinks of it because oh, if, he's, if, he's been vocal about it. If you're looking at what he's done, his body of work and his resume, what he's done the last couple of years, he's ready to roll. He's ready to get that title shot. He's done everything he has to do. Um, it's just a matter of uh, of waiting, I guess, I guess, at this point. But I think if you're Aljamain Sterling, the one thing you don't want to hear is, okay, at 251, they're going to fight for the title. I want to make sure that I'm the first in line to get a shot at the person that wins the title at 251. But which, the thing that would worry me... He's been vocal about it, and that's exactly what he's saying. But the thing that would worry me is that at 251, if it's a good fight, they might have a rematch. Yeah. Which... Right? Now you're looking at almost six, seven months to a year before Aljamain even is thought about for a title shot. Which ties up the rest of the contenders who are, you know, in the in the shadows. Right. For the, for however long. Wild. Because Aljamain finished, you know, he had a first round sub. You know, yeah. he's, he, he could fight this week. Now, if you're Dana White, it's probably it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, you, get, you just have so many good fighters in that weight class that it's impossible to get them all title shots. I mean, and now look at Sean O'Malley. He just cracked the top 15 in the rankings. Yeah. Top 15. Well, his name's got to be up there. You know, he's a, he's a couple victories away from a shot also. Right. So if he were to fight Cody Garbrandt and beat Cody Garbrandt, I'd put him in contention. He's got to be right up there. So I think if you're or Dana if he White. to fight Aljamain or someone like that. See, Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley to me would be a really interesting fight because Aljamain Sterling is such a tactical uh, grappler and wrestler. He can really make you submit. Sub, you know, Sean O'Malley is just power. You know, he's going to knock you out. He, he's, he, he's the flary striker. Right, the flary striker, where Aljamain Sterling is more precise. You know, he can really, like, do the dirty work. His, his movement's like bare none right now. No right. one moves as quick as him. Right. 
Um, he's very agile, and then his grappling is unbelievable. So that would be a fascinating fight to see uh, for me. Would be Sean O'Malley, Aljamain Sterling. Probably gonna have to wait a while for that one. You're not gonna see Sean O'Malley just barely crank the top Hopefully 15 Aljamain and then fight has the, the number belt one contender. His waist when he does that fight. That would be nice. That would be a good thing to see. Aljamain Sterling, Long Island Zone. We're hoping for the best for him, but uh, it seems like he's gonna have to wait a little bit for that title shot. Uh, so we'll see. We're going to get into a whole UFC 251 preview in the next couple of weeks. We'll make sure we preview it. It's going to be in Abu Dhabi, which is interesting. Fight Island out there. It's been talked about for a while, I know. Yeah, which officially being put I into I thought motion. it was going to be like a complete secluded island. Um, turns out it's Yaz Island, yeah. which is like a, a known island already. Mm-hmm. Part of Abu Dhabi, right across the bridge from their capital. And uh, they have like 9,000 residents already. But they... The UFC built their own little infrastructure where the fighters are going to have their own places to train, to practice, to yep. house their their um, cornermen. Now, their plan themselves. as of now is to be there for how long? Uh, I think a month or almost damn near a month. So do, what is that, four it's gonna or be five three, fights? It's going to be three straight events. Of um, Well, the fight nights will be there as well? Yeah, there will be two straight fight nights. So... It's going to go, I think, like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now Straight into it. Are fans allowed? I don't believe so. Because I saw at the... They released some photos of what it looks like as of now. And you see the octagon, but you see a lot of chairs. And a lot of uh, almost like stands. I think those are all like digital created images. I don't think, I don't think there's actual... Photos of it yet? Yeah. Just okay. Visual. Maybe what I saw was just digitally created. I don't know. But uh, I was interested to see if uh, they were able to have fans. I don't know what the rules are in Abu Dhabi. I have no idea how the pandemic has affected them. I, I would imagine it's been as bad as anywhere else, right? But I don't know. We'll see. There's a reason he chose this island. Obviously, some of the restrictions are not nearly as strict as they are here. Yeah. So they're going there for, it seems like, at least a month, maybe more, depending on where the pandemic is at. And he's actually booking... There's a few American fighters that are going to be, you know, on some of those cards, which surprised me because I thought it was just going to be for the international, you know, the international fight teams, which, like I saw... Oh, that was my uh, other question, too. Are the international fighters able to get to Abu Dhabi? I'd imagine so. Like, for, from my understanding, like, Khabib couldn't leave Russia at all. So, like, I felt like I think they were completely, you know... So he's grounded. not allowed to be anywhere. Uh I feel like Abu Dhabi is like a hop and a jump. They might be able to take like a little train or something there. I don't know if they have that. That's <laughs> the Abu Dhabi Express. Maybe the Moscow. The Moscow are they, mule. Are they I, take a Moscow mule over there? I'm bad with geography. Are they close? <laughs> Abu Dhabi and Russia. Yeah, I think so. Really? I think it's like for us. It's like for us going to like Arizona. That's... Five, six hours. It's not nine. Yeah. Okay. So maybe Khabib can get to Abu Dhabi. I don't think he's going to have to, though. They're only there for a month, and they've already announced the UFC 251 fight card. This this travel ban might also lift, you know? Right. And then all the money that he poured into the Oz Island, what's the point of it? Could probably keep it going, because uh, Abu Dhabi's, like, very into the whole uh, UFC scene. So... The, will probably be a lasting investment for him. Right. You know? Yeah, I don't think... Uh, you can always have stuff there. Yeah. You can always host an event there or something in the future. If I'm a fighter, I'd want to fight. An, it's literally going to be an octagon in the sand on a beach. Is that what this is? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty wild. 
If, if I'm a fighter, I want to do that. I would do that, Weather's yeah. beautiful there all year round. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, good for them. We'll see how it goes. The first event taking place there is... July 11th? July 11th. I think that's so that, UFC 251. So that that's a month off. from t- the date of this recording. Right. So we'll, uh, we'll see where that goes, and it should be exciting. Exciting stuff going on. Now, in terms of 250, we discussed Aljamain Sterling, how he should be getting a title shot. He's going to have to wait a little bit, it seems like. Now, Sean O'Malley continued his dominance is all you could really say. You picked him. He was your pick of the night. He was the one that was going to impress us all, which he did for about an hour until Cody Garbrandt's fight. Um, What's next for Sean O'Malley? Where do you see this going from here? What's his next fight? What's the next logical step for him to take? I think you got to give him a top 10, top 5 guy, you know. Someone between there, um, okay, and just keep bumping up his um, his opponent's competition and see how he how he develops. But he's he's continually just getting better, getting better every fight. Um, he had a couple suspensions. I forget whether it was for like tainted supplements or whether it was for marijuana because we all know he's very big very big weed advocate very big advocate yeah. for the for the ganja huge weed weed advocate in fact the day after his fight i told you he posted a big picture on his instagram smoking a fat blunt wearing a weed robe so he does not try to hide the fact that he's a big smoker no does not try to hide it at all but i guess now that he's done with his fight he can when you live he, in montana like it, what else is there to do? Fight and smoke weed. What else, what else are you going to do, right? Yeah. And dye your hair, apparently for him. Yeah. I love the guy. I think he's one of he's extremely he, exciting. He's and he's exactly next, what the sport he's needs. He's one of the next stars of the sport. I think if you look at the sport, where it is at right now in terms of phenoms, there's not that many. You look at it, Sean O'Malley. Especially when they're dropping like flies. You know, you got Connor who... Yeah, we don't know where that's going to go. We haven't even discussed Connor's retirement. You believe in that? Which also happened the second, I feel like it was the second that uh, O'Malley knocked out Eddie Wineland. I thought, he had, I thought he put it on Twitter right as UFC 250 ended. Which could be also true. But um, from Connor's explanation, he said, you know, nothing is just exciting him about it. You know, um, there's always so much he say, she say. I feel like that's a tongue twister. Is that a tongue twister? He said, she said. He say, she say. No. Sally sells there's seashells so by the seashore. Nicely done. Sally sells seashells Unique by New the York. seashore. Unique New York. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Uh-huh. See, like if you're selling seashells, why buy the seashore? That's you can you can get. That's like bringing sand to the beach. You you can go out and get your own seashells. Why are you gonna buy them? Because it's Sally. That's selling them to you. She's a good salesman. Sally sells seashells, so I've always and she's felt. a good salesman. Nice. You just created a new one. Ah. Sally selling seashells down by the seashore. You're right. It may not be Sally practical. Sells seashell- Sally sells seashells stupendous salesmanship. I think that whiskey's kicking in for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Where was I going with that? You were oh, Conor debating McGregor. the the he said she said tongue twister, but you were discussing Conor McGregor at the time. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. So it's so much here he here Shay he Shay. Here we go. So much uh, speculation. So much speculation. Is that the right word? So much speculation. Yes. That's enough for you. No more whiskey. <laughs> you don't know how to spell things. You're debating right. Sally selling seashells down by the seashore and whether or not it's practical. 
it's not. It's not a good business model. If Sally sells it's for her for years. by the desert in Las Vegas. Listen, this, I don't even know what it is. Tongue Twister Limerick was created probably like 100 years ago. And now you just want to uproot it and Bad what? Business model. Bad Sally sells seashells down model. by the Costco. Where are you going to put this? That, that sounds. Where are you putting her? It sounds. Leave Sally like a alone. Better idea. Leave Sally alone. Let her sell her seashells down by the seashore wherever she wants. All if right. she wants to sell them at Walmart, who gives a fuck? Let her sell her seashells anywhere she wants. I don't think she's going to sell any. Anywhere she wants. She clearly is because she's set up shop at the seashore for the last hundred years. It's also like it's. There's so many issues with that. Ugh. Ugh. Terrible. Back to Connor. Connor McGregor. Connor McGregor. So he announced his retirement, which he's done before, and it's always been, you know, everything's a move for him. Everything's a business move. For it's Connor. all strategically done, right? That's exactly right. So when I see that, I don't know if he he's really just you know, turned off by the whole fight game and he's really just done, you know, he's obviously doesn't need to fight for money. Um, but he's a man of integrity, a man of legacy. And I think these things are important to him. So I think we're going to see him in the octagon again. I think we may even see him in the boxing ring again. Um, I, I don't fully buy it, but I think a lot of it comes down to fundamental issues with his, the way he's getting along with the UFC brass, which is a common trend because you got John Jones announcing that he's going to vacate his belt and uh, step back also. You got Jorge Masvidal con- contemplating going to free agency and possibly even not fighting also. So John Jones is not going to fight anymore for UFC, is that what you're saying? That's where he's at right now. He, you know, um, I How long? So here's a question. So they asked him to fight Francis Nagano, and he came back and said he wants $10 million to fight Francis Nagano. Step up in weight class and fight one of the most dangerous heavyweights of all time. Now, John Jones is the number one fighter in the UFC. Ever, probably. He's never lost. He lost once and because of a disqualification for the illegal elbows. It was illegal elbows in a knockout victory to Matt Hamill. Yeah. So technically, he's never been beaten. Which, yeah. They've even tried to overturn that and... Have him listed as an undefeated fighter, which in my eyes he is an undefeated fighter. And then if he didn't never got those suspensions, he might be over thirty and zero right now. Yeah, you know he yep. might be thirty, thirty-two and zero. Where where of, where is he? He's he's like twenty-eight and one. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think you can even go higher. You telling me those suspensions only cost him two fights? They've definitely cost him more than that. He was suspended for a long time, long time. Yeah, uh, I think it was like a year, to like twice, two. two. Yeah, you know, a couple times. Two years. I mean, that's let's say he lost three or four fights in that time. If he if he stays active, and now fight. he's you said he's not fighting unless he gets his price. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know if they're gonna meet in the middle or you know. Uh, and then there's like a lot of other speculation or he say she say. <laughs> With this as well, like he's saying he only asked for $10 million, but then Dana White was saying that he was asking for Deontay Wilder money, which was closer to like $30, $40 million, which obviously the UFC is not going to do for anyone. But, you know, Conor McGregor, who gets uh, part of pay-per-view, hmm. so he, he draws close to that. Um, but he's a huge name. John Jones doesn't collect as many you know, pay-per-view buys right. and as many eyes as well, how, how we got on this this topic was talking about phenoms in the UFC. We were talking about Sean O'Malley and, and star how power. young star power. Now, 
there's just not that much of it. I look at the sport, and you know, you look at some of the upcoming fights. Daniel Cormier is going to fight again. He's 42 years old. Let's say he wins that fight. What's he got left? He's still, you know, one of the faces of the UFC. Whether he's absolutely, there's no question. But he's 42. Yeah, I think he if can't he, have he, that much longer if he left. Wins that fight, he goes down as one of the greatest of all time. So, right for him. But is it good for the sport to have so many titles vacated because people just don't want to fight anymore? See, for me, I feel like the sport needs Stipe to step up and win that fight, both because he's an unbelievable force, a great personality, a great champion overall. He's an awesome fighter, and he's still got some work to do. He's already the great, the uh, most winning. He's defended the heavyweight title more than anyone has ever, ever has. Four times. Okay. So Beast. For me, that adds more to the sport. Him winning, you know, getting another title defense, and then continuing that against some of the other heavyweights, which that heavy, that heavyweight division is shaping up properly. You know, you got uh, you got Francis Nagano finally starting to learn some skills. He was he's not as raw anymore. You got um, you know, you got you got Curtis Blades who's also fighting tomorrow or yes. uh, Saturday rather. Yep. Um, you know, that's it's a good division if if the championship isn't in limbo by two guys who are always in contract talks and always talking shit to each other on Twitter. So for the UFC, I think Stipe should win. And also as a fan, I want Stipe to win. But um, obviously if Cormier wins, he's, he's got to be, you know, top three. Ever. All time? All time, yeah. Some, peop- pe- some people may even put him as the GOAT right now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's better than John Jones. He's fought John Jones and lost he's to him. He's fought John, John Jones twice, but he also won the heavyweight title. Yeah. And he hasn't lost to anyone else. And you can you can convince me that... Which further assures John Jones' spot as the number one fighter. You can convince me that his losses to John Jones were based on his hatred for John Jones. You know, it could have you know messed with his composure. Yeah. But even some of the other greats that I consider have losses, like, you know, George St. Pierre has losses. You know, he got one of the most, one of the biggest upsets in the sport ever was to Matt Serra, also Long Island's own and one of my jiu-jitsu coaches. Um, that's one of the greatest upsets of all time. And that's mm-hmm. George St. Pierre, who is, you know, top three, top five in the GOAT conversation. So uh, losses don't mean as much when you're fighting the best competition there is. Right. So for Daniel Cormier, does I don't think it hurts his GOAT status to have a couple losses. No, I don't think so either. I just don't know if it's good for the sport to have a 42-year-old winning the title. I think it's his last fight regardless. So if he wins, he's going to vacate it. But I, th- I, I guess then you could say the other side of that coin is we'll look at the bantamweight division right now because Henry Cejudo retired. We don't know if that's Which ties stick. up two divisions. Right, because he was the champion in two divisions. So what we've seen so far with the bantamweight division because of Henry Cejudo's retirement is this kind of let's see who the best is by having them all face off against one another. And that's what we got this past weekend when we had Aljamain Sterling with the victory, Sean O'Malley with the victory, Cody Garbrandt with the victory. It opens up more discussions for other fighters as opposed to a champion who's just so solidified in his spot like John Jones. It's like, well, who's next? Or, a good segue, Amanda Nunes. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I was about to do. So, Amanda Nunes now has nobody else to fight. Nobody. She's ran through them all. Yeah. Ran through them all. 
Is that better for the sport, or is having a vacant title where people are trying to get to that spot, and then you have a fight for the vacant title? So, like, at her age, obviously, she can keep going. She can keep this train moving. She'll fight, um, you know, a few more times if that's what she wants to do. Well, let me tell you something. We watched her together at UFC 250 this past weekend. That was as precise and as thorough a beating as I have seen in a long time. I think she could have finished her, too. And you know something? But I think she just wanted to play with her food. But you know what? And that may be true. All the credit in the world to Felicia Spencer. Yeah. She hung with her for five rounds, something that I was shocked she was able to do. I mean, absolutely shocked. You looked at her. She almost, by the end of the third or fourth round, she had like a second head. Yeah, she had a big old hematoma on top of her. Absolutely enormous. Just protruding out out the front of her forehead. Beaten. Amanda Nunes had this from start to finish. But you know what? Felicia Spencer did not give up. She didn't get knocked out. She didn't tap. None of that. She hung with her for five rounds as, as cliche as this sounds. She pulled the Rocky. She went the distance with Amanda Nunes. She looked like Rocky afterwards. Yeah, seriously. She went the distance with Amanda Nunes. But let me tell you something. Amanda Nunes is absolutely the best fighter in the women's division I have ever seen. Ever seen. And we actually, so Billy came over uh, to my place. We watched the fights together on this past Saturday. And he actually brought up an interesting topic. Is she the greatest female athlete of all time? Well, I got to tell you, Saturday certainly didn't do anything to hurt that, if she is. She's got to be one of the most accomplished. Like, we, we were throwing names around, like Simone Biles. Simone Biles, Serena Williams, obviously, to name a few. The one Diana thing, Taurasi. Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird. You want to get into WNBA? I said Brittany Griner. Billy said she's not quite there yet. She's only been around a few years. Yeah, she's not at the level like no Rossi is no multiple way. But time. My argument, and listen, I'm, I'm all, uh, Marta, the Brazil soccer player, Abby Wambach, Megan Rapinoe. We can, we can go on for a while about some of the best female athletes. But talking about Amanda Nunes, for me at least, the UFC women's hierarchy changes so often. I mean, it just seems like three years ago we were talking about Ronda Rousey as being this unstoppable force, right? Then she got toppled. By, was it Holly Holm? Yeah, it was Holly Holm. Holly Holm beats her, and all of a sudden, Holly Holm's at the top of the food chain. And then but Holly not Holm. Not long, because I right. think it was. Uh, it all happened Didn't fast. Didn't take, take down one of them? It was UFC 194, Rousey versus Holm. Holm knocks, knocks her out with that head kick. 197, three events later. Um, I think we watched that together also in Buffalo Wild Wings. It was yeah. the same card as Diaz McGregor. That's right, yep. Uh, Misha Tate right. chokes out Holly Holm mm-hmm. um, and then goes on to fight another three cards later at UFC 200. Also watched that with Rich and loses to Amanda Nunes. And then Nunes has holds taken it, it from there. Has taken it from there right. for the last four years. So before Amanda Nunes. And that was the bantamweight title. She has now gained the featherweight title since then. Now she's got then. two. Right. Now she's got two championships. And as you pointed out the other day, now she has the shiny new belt that the UFC just uh, instated. Also the only athlete in the UFC ever to to win and defend both belts. Whew. So other, Yeah, she's right up there. She's so right up there. Other people have won simultaneous belts, but would you know, yeah. uh, favor the other. Like Conor McGregor was a featherweight champion, went to lightweight, but vacated the featherweight title and won the lightweight belt so he had both simultaneously and then never defended either of them so here's my question for you because you've really been on top of ufc longer than i have i've only gotten in on it 
really since knowing you, so it's about six years. How has Amanda Nunez been at the top longer right now than Ronda Rousey was? Um, or were they at the top right around the same time? Because Ronda Rousey was at the top for a very long time. Got a huge contract out of the WWE when she retired from UFC. So like, Tons of endorsements was in Entourage. She was the top of the food chain for women's fighters. Rousey was like the first champion in the UFC. The UFC didn't have women's weight classes until I think it was like, I want to say like 2013, something like that. Okay. It's something Googleable, but I think it was like 2013. So Rousey was kind of that pioneer, the first real yeah, women's. But before that, obviously, she was in Cage Warriors and stuff like that. She was she was the champion then, and she you know defeated Misha Tate a couple times before that. She you know she she was like you said the pioneer of women's sports. But I think what it brought was more competition. You know, right. all these. Women's, I think a lot of women got inspired by her. Yeah, all these women started getting better and better and seeing what a woman could do in the sport. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, Amanda Nunes came in quick, and I think her last title reign, I think she hasn't lost in something crazy like 12 fights, something like that. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. I mean, she's the champion in two weight classes now. Yeah, so... And, and if you actually sit down and watch her fights, they're just something to behold. You're even, watching something that's just diabolical, precise. I mean, I, I listed the adjectives before. It's like so absolutely thorough what she does to her opponent. It's unbelievable. She knows exactly what move is going to be done. She's able to defend anything the other opponent's going to do. Felicia Spencer's main game is on the ground. She's a grappler. Yeah. Couldn't take her down. And when she attempted to take down Amanda Nunes, Nunes countered and absolutely pummeled her to the ground. Which, Nunez is also a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so she's not the person you want to go to ground with either. She no. has multiple submission victories. Right. She's just great in every asset of the sport. Now, in terms of Nunez, because now we can get into a bigger conversation now that she's defeated Felicia Spencer, and we said this in our preview for UFC 250, that Spencer was a huge underdog. Amanda Nunez has basically run through the weight class. She's run through the weight classes for two. I mean, you could look at the with the Russian girl, Valentina. Valentina Chefenko, yeah. yeah. She's a so flyweight she, And the, the one, the Chinese girl. Wiley Zhang. Wiley Zhang, right. So those are the two other women that are at the top of the UFC. Both look extremely dominant. We can get into that talking about uh, Jessica I versus Cynthia Cavillo this coming Saturday, the fight night. Who is got that a 25 or is that a 15? Uh, I think Cavillo is moving up a weight class so for the first time. It's a 25, right. Jessica I won her last fight. I forget who it was against. Nami, no. I forget who it was against. But two fights ago, she got knocked out by Shevchenko. Absolutely knocked out. One of the biggest kicks I've ever seen. But anyway, looking forward for Amanda Nunes. Now, she's the champion in two weight classes. What's next? Who can possibly step up and fight this girl? Is it possible that one of these two, Shevchenko or Zhen, can step up and fight her? No. No. That's absolutely never going to happen. You don't think so? No. So then in that case, what's next for Nunes? Are we just waiting for somebody to develop? I know. You said this the other day. You'd (laughs) like to see her fight a man. Yeah. I, there's just there's nothing left for her, and then you know if you look at the weight class, she's ran through them all. She's absolutely dominated them all. There's nothing left for her in terms of who she can fight that she hasn't already beaten. It's it's a difficult situation I think to be in because you you, you want to schedule these fights. People want to see Nunez fight, but they want to also is, see a challenge. See, like it's crazy because this is where they thought Ronda Rousey was. Like, oh, who's next? Who's next? Right. In, 
insert Holly Holm, who was at the time, you know, one of the most decorated women's kickboxing champions. You know, she was like an 11-time world champion mm-hmm. in kickboxing, and then she comes into MMA and she brings some of that talent with her. And she starches Ronda Rousey. So there's always a chance of someone emerging like that, like a veteran coming from the kickboxing community or someone who's already yeah. in the conversation that, you know, we just are underestimating because of how good Amanda Nunes is. Yeah. So, you know, father time rules all. Well, <sighs> Nunes is only how old? I think she's 30. <laughs> she's got a long time at the top if she wants to stay there. I mean, you look at some of these people that have dominated. Look at Daniel Cormier. He's 42 years old. He's getting a championship fight against Stipe Miocic. Yeah, but he also had a long career, like in the... Here's our intern. Yeah, our intern's in making face. another appearance here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel Cormier was an Olympian wrestler, you know, so his MMA career started a little later than, you know, some. But obviously, to be at the top at 42 <laughs> is impressive in itself. Mm-hmm. And... Like you said, it holds the sport up a little bit because what you you don't know when you don't know if he's going to continue to defend the belts if he wins it. Right. Um, I I think I still think it's his last fight, and if it's not his last fight, if you win, who do you give it to? If you lose, what do you do with Daniel Cormier? And you, mm-hmm. if he still wants to fight, um, it just bring that age brings more questions. Right. Well. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. And we'll do a complete preview of UFC 251 and Abu Dhabi for sure in the next coming weeks. Um, what are we at here? I don't know. You have the notebook with all the stuff you wanted to talk about. I think that's pretty much I think we covered it. I mean, you want to talk a little Jessica I? I don't think we have to get too much into nah. that. I mean, if she wins, she wins. You know, what is she going to do? Is she going to fight Chevchenko again and get absolutely demolished? That's another person who's dominating their weight class. But, yeah. Yeah, not nearly to the level that Amanda Nunes has, but Shevchenko's right up there. I mean, she's just as dominant in her weight class. Yeah. But Nunes is just absolutely, you watch her, it's like something you've never seen before. But that, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how this works out in the next coming weeks. We have Abu Dhabi coming up. We got UFC 251 with the three three championship fights. We'll get into a whole preview. We're going to have Kamaru Usman. Facing off against his teammate, Gilbert Burns, a guy he spars with, he works out yeah. with. You know, I, I know, save it, you, you have a lot to say about that. You don't think that Gilbert Burns that. should should be on that card. We'll get into it. Uh, that's episode three for us. We're getting better. Look at this. Episode three, we got a studio. We have another intern, our second intern. Um, we're, you know, we're getting, <laughs> yeah, I know, you're our uh, second intern. So... Be sure to check us out. If you want to watch us, go to our YouTube and subscribe. It's Garage Party Podcast. I really want to hear your suggestions on how the hell I can get Johnny Chan on this podcast. I need your help because I have reached out via Twitter. Find Johnny. Hashtag. Hashtag find Johnny. That's the movement. We're going to try to get it moving on Twitter. I'll go home. I'll tweet. I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to be the only person tweeting find Johnny. I'm I'm going to start a movement. I want to find Johnny Chan. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work. I'm a little skeptical. We went over the. I'm going to go over the He's form again. Weeks. He's got four more weeks to make. I got happen. four more weeks to make Johnny Chan happen, and now I have a new challenge ahead of me. I got to try to get Wayne Newton on this program. Not only do I have to get Wayne Newton on the program, but I got to get him to sing once he's on here. Sing. How the hell am I going to do that? He has to sing. He's got to sing. He's got to sing, which Billy can't spell. So 
We have UFC. We got golf is back. It's a great time. Wayne Newton, Johnny Chan, all future guests on the show. Don't worry. I'm going to try my best. I think that's a wrap. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Garage Party Podcast. You can watch us now. You can see our new intern. You can look at our ugly mugs for the for the hour or however long this podcast is. Don't do that. You're going to scare other one. people off. I'm not whispering this time. If you want to stick on Spotify, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Garage Party Podcast, SoundCloud. Email us, garagepartypodcast at gmail.com. Tell me how the hell we're going to get Johnny Chan on this program. Hashtag find Johnny. Hashtag find Johnny. That's the name of this episode. I'm Rich Warnock. I'm Billy Pop Manuel. Check us out in episode four. We'll see if our uh, hashtag find Johnny was able to work or if we're any closer to getting him on the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks.